Gracious and loving Father, we come this morning with a spirit of thanksgiving. For you said that we would come to you in prayer, from adoration to confession to thanksgiving and supplication, that we would come always with a spirit of thanking. We thank you for your mercy, your love, your grace, your forgiveness, your renewal of our minds and our spirits, dear Lord. If there's anything that is not pleasing unto you, dear Lord, move it. If there's anyone who is grieving out of sadness for the loss of a loved one, touch our hearts, Lord, that a word would come upon us that would nurture us, comfort us, and keep us. So, Lord, I call upon you this morning for your guidance, your wisdom, and your undying love to flow down. Come, Holy Spirit, come, reign and rule and have your way. Move me behind the cross that the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart will be sweet unto you. Dear Lord, nurture us through your word. Teach us to accept your freedom. Release us from fear and unforgiveness that we will receive your power from on high to be all that you have called us to be this day and beyond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks be to God. We had an awesome time last week. With homecoming, would you give all that participate in the homecoming a hand clap of praise? During the first Sunday of November, a series was began that is simply called WIN, standing for walking in newness. And as we started that, I asked the question to you all. Have you started your walk in newness? Amen? You don't have to answer me because it's not about me. It's about Jesus Christ. It's not about whether you walk it for anybody else but yourself and the Lord. For we are called into a new spirit, a new heart, new mercy, new grace, so that we would be able to do God's work God's way. We can't walk it alone. And we definitely cannot walk it without his help. When we started the series, the series again is called When Walking in Newness. The first sermon was simply called Walking in Love Light. As we walked through that, we talked about what does it mean to love God enough to allow him to grant us that which he wants us to have, his newness in love. We asked each other, so what's new with you? We got a chance to connect with one another just a little bit. All right. But in our walks, in our talks, it's good to know we have to ask God every day. For it is through talking to God, praying to God, asking to God, letting God convict us, that we begin to understand just where God needs us to go. So as we begin the second sermon in this series, I ask you, have you ever wanted to walk somewhere and not get tired? Have you ever wanted something so bad that you would just commit yourself unto God and walk it in such a way that you refuse to tire? I want you to imagine yourself on a treadmill. 
feet moving. You didn't even set the timer. Because you're just going to go and go and go and go. I mean, you're just going to keep walking. All right. Not get tired. You might break a sweat here and there, but you're just walking. Miss Joyce, would you set it for 10 minutes? Would you set it for 15? Or would you be just willing to say, God, set the timer? Because I'm a walk and not get tired. Now, maybe if you start running, you might get a little tired because you're off track. You're off pace. You just go a little faster than you're supposed to go. And you might start breathing and panting hard. How many more minutes we got on this treadmill? I once went to see Mr. Sonny, and Mr. Sonny said, you got to pace yourself. Not too fast, not too slow, just walk. Get it. Can't you see yourself walking and not growing tired or walking? And not getting tempted. Or walking. And just just walking. And just having a walk with, you know, testimony after testimony. His everlasting grace. Just walking. Can't you see yourself walking and never getting weary? And then something comes into your spirit. You just say, you know, I want something, Jesus. Around Thanksgiving, we suddenly have a want for turkey. Or a want for sweet potato pie. Or a want for macaroni and cheese. We had these wants. You know, I mean, we just get wanting them. We can just taste Thursday and we only on Sunday. We just, mmm, I want cranberry and I want. Now, we haven't listened, listened necessarily to the cholesterol report or what our doctor's saying about your heart doesn't want these things. Your lungs don't want these things. Your spirit doesn't want them because God's temple is being moved into newness. So in that movement, he says, do you want to do the right thing? Do you want to put in the right things into the temple so that the right things can manifest and come out? And then we tell ourselves little stories. Well, that's not that bad. I only had a little piece of the pie. And all the cholesterol can't be in that one little corner of the pie. I'm going to save up all my points all week long because I'm on Weight Watchers or whatever you're on. Because you want to do the right thing, but you're already planning a way to step off newness into the used to be land because you want to. That's a human want. That's our human desire to just have the things that God doesn't necessarily want us to have. That's my commercial. Do you want what God wants you to have? Or do you want what you and I want us to have? Sometimes the wants are not the same thing because God is calling us to walk and not grow tired. And we just want what we want. When we want it, how we want it, and whatever cost it is because we have thought that God said that we should do X, Y, and Z. To help pull this message in and really to tighten up a few things, I want you to just think about these three things. 
about your faith, about forgiveness, and about the fact that God has set before you, that God has let you know through different ways that it's time for you to walk in newness. Turn to your neighbor and say, what's the fact? Do you have enough faith? Will you forgive? So you can walk and not grow tired. Let me read the Hebrews passage, which is part of the pericope of the group of scriptures for this lectionary, so that you can see how it's all going to tie together. Because there's four passages that are part of lectionary, and these today talk about the barrenness of a woman who believed enough in Jesus Christ that her life could be changed and that she would receive a son. But before she bore the son, she gave the son in her prayers to a most high God. And then the passages in Hebrew really help us to understand what does it mean to persevere in faithful obedience. For a lot of times we want something, but we struggle in our faith to sustain that treadmill life. Because we want it to go faster. We want us to get there quicker. But God said, walk it out with me. Just like this. Hear the word of the Lord. We're starting with Hebrew 10, and the verses I'll be reading is from 11 to 25. Hear the word of God. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin. But... When this priest had offered for all the time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstools, because by one sacrifice, he was made perfect. Forever those who are being made holy. For the Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write it down on their minds. Then he said, their sins and lawless acts will be remembered no more. And where these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have the confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus Christ, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain, that is which his body, the curtain, that which is his body, pick up on that symbolism, that is which his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near near to God with sincere heart in full assurance of faith by having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful and here's where it gets good And let us not consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good faith. Let us give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another. 
for all the more as we see the day approaching. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The important thing is to understand that our faith, impacted by fast, strengthen us to recognize how important it is for us to receive the forgiveness and love of a most high God. It's not enough to say I want to walk in newness. But we don't want to let go and forgive one another. It's not enough to say, I want to be about being a new creature. I want my heart made whole. I want my lips cleansed with hyssop. I want to be set apart and do that which God has called me to do. And we sit and we wonder, am I willing to walk and not grow tired? The reason that we don't grow weary, the reason that we don't grow tired is because our faith is in Jesus Christ. So the story, the love story, the story of Hannah, Hannah was married to a man. And this man had another woman. Oh yeah, there's stories that are quite intense in the Bible. The history and the life was different. They weren't part of a monogamous society early on. The society had multiple wives for multiple reasons, and that was an Old Testament situation. But it's not about was the woman another woman or why they married. The issue isn't over that. Look at the understanding here. It is a story about barrenness. It is a story about the woman who was loved so much, but her womb was not able to bear a child. That's not the first story in the Old Testament. There's Leah. There's Sarah. Many of them are great stories about women who had faith to believe in so much that God would place a child in their life, that they would bring a child up in a glorious way. But Hannah's story of love is important because Hannah said, I will turn you over to God to live a life of the Nazarene, a life that is without, a life that is so special. Let me take you to the book of Numbers, Numbers 6 as a matter of fact, because you need to understand what it means to vow to have the law of the Nazarene upon your life. Number six simply says, speak to the Israelites and say to them, if a woman or man makes a special vow, a vow of separation unto the Lord, as a Nazarene, he must abstain or she must abstain from wine and other fermented drink and must not drink vinegar made of wine or from other fermented things. He or she must not drink grape juice or grape or wines or raisins. As long as he's a Nazarene, he's not to eat anything that comes from the grapevine, for he needs not even seeds or skin. And during this entire period of separation, the vow, there be no razor used upon their head. It is a holy time, a holy time of separation. It is a time where the hair will grow long. And throughout this separation, the Lord must not go near a dead body. For it's it's in this time that even your mother, your father, your brother and sister, if they pass away, you're not able to go. He prayed, Hannah prayed, that her child, Samuel would be set apart and that this cleansing would be so powerful 
that the nature of who Samuel would be in a spirit of expectation. So if you're going to walk and not get tired, you can't be talking and expecting and talking about, I praise this prayer, but I sure am tired. If you're expecting not to get tired and if you're expecting to walk the journey, even when you get fatigued, you have to say, God, cleanse me and lay me down and not let me grow weary and not let me put things into my body. You haven't called me to put into Let me not grow drunk with the wine of the world. So that they're going to walk in that newness, the spirit of expectation, that they will receive the gift of love. So out of barrenness, Hannah prayed that prayer. And out of forgiveness and love and mercy and commitment and covenant unto a most high God, a child was born through Hannah's womb. Then the other passages help us to recognize how important it is of us to not only look at what it means to be born in God but also what it means to live a life that is not only pleasing unto God and recognizable unto God, but a, a life that speaks to understanding just what it means when God's Word comes to pass. For it is through the Old Testament, through the book of Samuel, that many things are spoken but it is until we get into the New Covenant, until we get into the New Testament, that we understand what it means for the Word to say, there'll be a resurrection. There'll be a death on the cross. There'll be life everlasting. But there must be a Son. And that Son is coming for the season of Advent is almost upon us. But as we're at the end of a year, and we're reflecting on everything that has happened. Has God shown us love? The answer has to be checked, yes. Has God shown us through fact that his sacrifice has been to atone us from our sins? Many of us are struggled with the word atonement. Atonement means to be made one with God. Atonement means that we are set apart to actually experience a oneness through forgiveness and through grace and mercy and love that we would know who God is for our own self. It's not only that the saints that have gone on before us that have experienced the newness is that we are to walk in it. Appreciate it. Receive it and expect it through persistence that it will come. For the Spirit of a Most High God says, We can walk this journey in a steadfast way. Will you walk this journey and not grow tired? Will you walk this journey and be about the newness of a Most High God? I ask that question as I move on and highlight what was read in Hebrews. The theme of that is not to go through who, what, and where, but the attitude is to help us recognize the importance of forgiveness. We can speak forgiveness. We can even emanate that we're going to forgive the guy or girl that caught us at the locker, made us late for class ended up having to do a tardy and then turned around and had an in-school suspension. We can ask and say, God, forgive us 
for the people on our job that seem to get, you know, cause us to get caught up. We can even say, God, forgive us for the people that are in our ministry areas and things that we are connected with. In our humanness, things occur. Will we forgive one another? Because it's only by our faith that we can walk in the full newness. Because if every time we say we forgive, but our attitudes show that we haven't, we live in a spirit of hypocrisy. We live in a spirit where the kids say, y'all are doing, saying one thing and doing another. I can remember growing up. And I love my mom and daddy. Y'all heard me speak of it often. But when they would get to the point, when they would say that one phrase, do as I say do, not as I do, I would cringe in my seat. And I knew I was going to get a whooping. Because the bottom line is I just wanted to say to them, why can't y'all do it too? You want me to do the right thing? Why can't y'all do the right thing? But I knew I wanted to live a longer life. So I sustained my tongue out of respect and love and the fact that I wanted to live. But it sure did cross my mind. Do as I say do and not as I do. That was the only thing that I committed when I was a child that I wouldn't say to my children. All the other things that I said my mama was saying, that I wasn't going to say, I committed all of them. Wait till your daddy get home. This beating is hurting me more than it's hurting you. I confess I said all of them and said I wouldn't say it, but that's one. Do as I say, do not as I do, became embedded in my heart. Because I wanted to forgive and understand in such a way that we would all be willing to get on one page and walk through life. And one day when I got grown and realized I wasn't living in my mom and dad's house no more, I asked the question, why in the world did y'all say that? It wasn't helping me. My mother said, we knew sooner or later you would ask the question. But we wanted to set apart a new example. And we figured it was easier to help teach you to do something new than to help change us immediately and teach you to do something new. We figured we could teach you quicker than we could learn to do it. So the bottom line in this part of our journey, we have to be willing to know, are we willing to walk by faith and not by sight? Are we willing to walk in newness even if it means changing something we have done all of our lives? Are we willing to put down, like Dr. Dar said last week, are we willing to take the seeds out of our pot, pockets that are so close to Jesus' heart and actually allow them to be planted and photographed that they may grow and not be buried? For the land needs to be renewed. The man needs to be reconciled. The man needs to grow yet again. And it is through the church, it is through Jesus Christ, that the land will grow yet once again if we walk by faith and not by faith. If we sacrifice and a lot of facts of what the word says to come down into our soul, that we would allow the forgiveness of a most high God to absorb our lives. So that we can walk in newness. So that we can walk in Holy Ghost oneness. So that we can walk in the mightiness of the Most High God. So we can be all that God is calling us to be. But the church is the body. 
in the body should not be barren. For if Hannah could pray faithfully and have a son born unto her womb, what will the church look like when it prays earnestly and says all that are brought into the home go forth and all the children and all the middle adults and all the seniors and all the families and all who need a word from God come into the house of God and have a spirit of expectation prayed upon them and their spirit be renewed in the light and their forgiveness is not only granted but live. It's not something that somebody is turning around and saying, ooh, did you know what they did? And nobody is saying, ooh, did you see what they thinking about. Oh, did you understand? They're saying, oh, God, ain't you mighty? Oh, God, you are forgiving kind of God. Oh, God, you are restoring our soul. Oh, God, you are birthing a newness. Oh, God, you have sacrificed a many a thing, and you are bringing forth. You have atoned us. You are removing the sinful ways of which we live. And Lord, can you see not being secret anymore but being forgiven can you see us not accepting high blood pressure and strokes and diabetes as the norm and that we repeat forgiveness over and over and over upon our temple that we receive a newness of health in a brand new way can you see the blessedness of us embracing our minds, our hearts, and our spirits that we speak unto our children such a way that they want to become great. They're not willing to become almost great. They're wanting and seeking greatness through the love of Jesus Christ. Can't you see the plan manifesting down that God said, I have a plan for your life. I asked you to write it down. I told you through Habakkuk. See the vision. Write it down. Make it plain. But now you see it. You wrote it down. And you're walking and not growing tired. Today is a new day. Most high God has called us into a brand new day. May the grace of God and the love of Jesus Christ speak unto us. That we not only were willing to walk in newness, we are not only willing to walk in love's light, but we are more than willing to walk and not tire. The doors of the church are open, for it is well with my soul. Let us sing.